The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Whoa. I was not expecting such a landslide of feedback and comments and the response that I got to Monday's episode on friendships. My goal was to bring you today an expert that I'm really desperately trying to get on the show to talk to you specifically about how to make new friends, because that has overwhelmingly been the number one thing I've been hearing from you. However, that is still in the works, and I have hundreds and hundreds, I can't even count how many additional questions I got about friendships. And to be honest, most of them are from females, but fellas, there's plenty you'll be able to take away from this episode as well. The questions you guys sent me are super juicy. Some of them are truly pretty complicated and others, to me, it's just like black and white. I can see the answer and I think you can too. And maybe you just need someone to speak out loud what it is you've been thinking. All right, let's get to it. I want to start by saying thank you to Casey, who left this really cool message for me about the Push Journals and about the podcast. Hi, Shalene. My name is Casey. I'm calling from the Chicagoland area. I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I bought your Push Journals at the start of 2021 with the goal to get a new job and an increased salary by the beginning of May. And I'm very happy to say to you today that I got that promotion and the salary increase. I'm so excited. I'm going to be working on an amazing team and the future is just wide open. I could not have done it without you, your amazing team, your podcast, and also that fabulous product of the Push Journals. They really work and make goals beyond achievable. Thank you so much. I couldn't have done it without you, girl. Thank you. Also, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, the other thing I've been talking a lot about lately is like female fashion, like how bad it is. It's like little house on the prairie meets sound of music it's just like these giant tent dresses and they're not cute if you're five two they're not cute if you have boobs or any shape for that matter so i've been shopping online and thank you for all the suggestions you guys have given me of your favorite online boutiques etc and i wanted to share with you one of my favorites it is third love it's like having your own personal shopping stylist but for your boobs. When you go to their site, which is Third Love, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E, thirdlove.com, you will see that they've got a fitting room quiz right on their main page. And literally, it is so simple once you answer just a couple of quick questions to know exactly what style and what way your bra should be fitting you so that you no longer have to have an ill-fitting, super annoying bra. Like those days are over. Third Love dot com forward slash Shalene entitles you to 20% off your first order. Again, it's thirdlove.com forward slash Shalene. And you want to do that because first of all, they've got over 80 sizes, including half sizes. That's killer. My personal favorite hands down is the 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. You're going to love it. I encourage you to get it in pretty much every color. It's fantastic. And Third Love is great because if you don't like your bra for any reason, 
in all of the bras I've ordered from them, there's only been one that I was like, eh, I'm not crazy about it. And you can exchange it. You can exchange your bras up to 60 days after you purchase them for free. That's pretty great. Third Love knows that there is a perfect fitting bra for you, for everyone. So right now they are offering listeners of The Shaleen Show, again, 20% off your first orders. Ladies, the reason why bras have such a bad rap is because they're ill-fitting. But your perfect fitting bra is waiting for you at thirdlove.com forward slash Shaleen. All right, let's talk about friendships. Thank you for each one of you who sent me additional questions on Instagram. Again, my handle is just at Shaleen Johnson. I can't get through all of my DMs, but I do schedule a lot of time every single week because it's so insightful. And of course, I totally appreciate when you give me very specific feedback on a podcast, like a part that you loved or a part that you want me to expand on. I don't love hearing the negative stuff, but I'm here for it. I can take it. So let's get to it. Again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a friendship expert. I'm working on getting one on the show for us. I had hoped I could bring that to you this week, but I promise you it is coming. Friday is going to be a life for update. And stay tuned because that how to make friends with the friendship expert, a licensed friendship coach is coming your way. All right, first question. What do you do when you feel like you're on a different path, but you don't want to break ties? This is a great question, and it's also very common. I mean, every one of us is going to go through different seasons of our lives. The people that you hung out with in high school, by the time you're 40 and having kids and your kids are in school and, you know, you may or may not still be hanging out together. And that can be for a lot of different reasons. Your friends might be in a different season. You might be living in a different state. You might be super busy with your career. That's the thing with friendships. Some of them, Very few, can I be clear on that? Very few are meant to last you a lifetime. Some of them, just like your absolute favorite blouse, the one that makes you look and feel so good, the one that's in style at the moment, eventually you're gonna go through some changes and that blouse, as much as you loved it, doesn't serve you. It doesn't look good, it doesn't fit well, And it's just not appropriate for the season that you're in. And that does not mean that you don't have wonderful memories and feel very fond of that blouse. And I can't believe I'm like really making this kind of analogy, but I need to because I think women, we have been conditioned to believe, especially women, that once we make a friend, you need to be friends forever. Even if you have nothing in common, even if you feel that somebody is no longer healthy for you, that they are a drain on you. I don't know where we get this notion from, but not all friendships were meant to endure a lifetime. When we make close friends, right, the kind that you assume when you are close that it's going to last a lifetime, you need to know that's pretty rare. Friendships take a course and most friendships, literally most of your friendships will run their course. They will dry up if we're not pouring into them then they're going to dry up. And that doesn't mean you're supposed to pour into them. There's no hard feelings. We've just moved forward and the friendship maybe hasn't. Maybe there were obstacles due to space or time or priorities, or perhaps you do stay connected, but not as closely connected. And your friendship does endure those seasons. And if that's the case, 
your friendship, again, won't stay, even a friendship that stays connected for years or even decades, won't maintain the same enthusiasm, passion, and connectedness the entire time because life doesn't work that way. So stop beating yourself up or wondering like what you're supposed to do about it. If it's someone where you can tell you both mutually enjoy each other, you're just going through some seasons, do your best to stay connected. Stop reading into the fact that they're taking longer to respond to your texts or it's always you that has to reach out. And if you really love this person and you really get a lot from it, then it's worth putting in the additional effort and understanding that it's going to go through seasons and cycles and changes like the ocean. There will be waves where you're connected, you're at a high point, and there will be points at which your relationship will feel disconnected and distant. And instead of being passive aggressive or thinking to yourself, I'm not going to be the one to reach out to them, just continue to reach out to them. I mean, I'm going through this right now with a friend of mine who, you know, I am reaching out continually. And this has been going on probably for a year now. It's someone who I love very much. And I suspect based on kind of the way they're responding to me, that they might just be in a season where they need some distance. But I'm not going to take that personal because I actually do love them. And I do get so much out of the friendship. It's not a in-person kind of friendship. It's something where we're, we don't live near each other. But I'm going to continue to reach out. What I'm doing, instead of taking it personal, recognizing that she might need space, she might not enjoy me as much as I enjoy her. And that's okay. I'm not meant to be everybody's cup of tea. Rather than making a decision in my mind, okay, that's it. I'm not going to ever text her or try to call her again. She can reach out to me next time because that's what we do when we're petty. That's what we do when we're insecure. That's what we do when we're acting like a 14-year-old. But I'm not. I'm a grown woman who actually cares about her. So what I'm going to do, and what I have been doing, is to allow more time between contacts. And thinking about what she might be going through, considering that she's actually in a very different stage of her life than I am right now, and remembering what that was like. You have to put yourself in that person's shoes. And if you've never been through the season that they're going through, that can be really hard sometimes. But even if I don't hear from her for six more months or ever, maybe I'll never hear from her, that's okay. It doesn't say anything about me. Which leads me to another very common question I got from many of you, which is this kind of thing. I feel like I've been ghosted by someone, which, you know, if I was feeling less secure, less confident, I might feel like this friend of mine is ghosting me. But that's a term that we give to guys that we've gone on a date with, and now they're not returning our calls. Like We attach these romantic expectations on our female friendships. So if somebody's not responding to you and you feel like you've been quote unquote ghosted, it might really bug you. You might wonder what you did wrong. Again, I'm not a a friendship expert, but I can tell you for me personally, I know my heart and I know my intentions. And I also know that if I had done something wrong, I think this friend would be willing to tell me that or at least to have that discussion. And if they're not, that's kind of on them. I'm not going to seek it out because I want to respect the fact that maybe in her mind, maybe I have done something that upset her. And in her mind, she's cut ties. And I don't want to put her in an uncomfortable conversation or an uncomfortable position where she has to explain that. If that's the case, and she wants to kind of let this relationship run its course, I can respect that. I don't need a big confrontation. I don't need to know. Like I've been on the opposite end of those 
inquiries where I've had a friend who's reached out to me and said, what have I done wrong? And the honest answer was, you didn't do anything wrong. You're just not really the person I want to invest my time with. Of course, I never said that. But whenever somebody's reached out to me to say, like, what did I do wrong? I think to myself, you're just not very confident. And that is exemplified by this question. Like, if you know that you didn't do anything wrong, then why are you asking for someone to tell you you did something wrong? Now, if you're curious and you really have a subconscious or maybe very conscious awareness that you have done something wrong and you're feeling some guilt over that, well, then you might approach the subject. You might even say, I'm wondering if the fact that I said blah, 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 the fact that I did such and such may have offended you. And I'd like to talk about it. Now, there's no need to apologize if you yet don't know if, in fact, that's what it is. But I just think in some instances, we need to just accept that we aren't everybody's cup of tea, that maybe we were friends for a period of time, but they just don't have space for us right now. And it's not freaking personal. It's not about you. It's about them. I mean, there's been wonderful people I find very enjoyable, but they're not the kind of people who I want to spend a ton of time with. They're not the kind of people who I want to invest long-term in, and it has nothing to do with them. It's that I have a finite amount of energy, and sometimes that doesn't match up with the other person's feelings towards me or the opposite. I may have strong feelings or really like this person a lot, and I'm just not exactly their cup of tea, and that's okay. You guys, we cannot expect validation from anyone else, whether that's your significant other or a friend. All right, Kathy wrote to me. She said, I love my friend, but she always needs to be in the spotlight and it's freaking exhausting. I get it. But that's your friend's personality. They need that validation, which comes from a place of insecurity. To need that spotlight focused on her all the time is exhausting to you because it does come from a very insecure place. So Kathy, I don't think this is grounds to terminate the friendship. There's obviously something about her you really love. Is that spotlight shining on her only when other people are around? Or does it always need to be on her even when the two of you are on the phone or spending time together like it's all about her? If that's the case, I think you need to evaluate how much energy and priority you're placing on this friendship. Maybe this is a friend and they don't necessarily need to be a best friend. If this is someone who always needs the spotlight and it makes you really uncomfortable when you're around other people, maybe she's just super outgoing. She loves to be the life of the party. And I think then you have to ask yourself if you love her as she is and who she is, or if she's just a friend and maybe not a best friend. This is a great one. I have a lifelong friend who's really important to me, but I'm often the butt of her jokes. What do I do about this? You have a conversation. Again, not a confrontation, just a conversation. And the way to make this most comfortable and likely to see change is to make sure that your friend still feels good about herself. That's how change happens. Change never happens when we point a finger at someone and push them into the corner and say, you made me feel, you hurt me, you, 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 like that never, ever works if what you're trying to affect is change in someone else. 
We all change when we feel loved and supported. And the way to do that with this simple conversation is to say, you are so funny and I love that. And everybody loves that about you. But I have to admit that there are times when I take it personal or it makes me uncomfortable when I feel like I'm kind of like the punchline in your jokes. I wouldn't use the language that I'm the butt of your jokes. I would say like, where I'm kind of used as the punchline and this isn't about you. I'm just wanting to bring it to your attention because I don't know, it just makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And I know you love me and I know you would want to know. And you know what? It might be an uncomfortable conversation and she may never do it again. She may feel so bad finding out because you probably laugh when that happens and go along with it for fun. But, you know, inside you're becoming resentful and annoyed by it and it's hurtful and she can't read your mind. And so something that was okay in the beginning, now it's just been too much. And I think a a sweet and open conversation, while it may be a little uncomfortable, it may also bring you together and help you to become so much stronger, just as it does in any relationship. You guys, relationships are work. Friendships, you hear this all the time. You see it on like Instagram quotes, like friendships should be easy and effortless. That's not true. Friendships are between two people with two different personalities, with different backgrounds and different traumas and different experiences and different things that they're going through every single day in their lives. They're human beings. It's not ever going to be effortless. Some are going to be a lot easier than others, for sure, just as some romantic relationships are easier than others. But all relationships take work. Keeping a plant alive takes work. All right, this one is from Nicole, and I freaking love it. She says, how can I be a good friend and not have to go out after 7 p.m.? I love it. That's pretty simple. That's a boundary, and that's communication. Girlfriend, you and I could be friends. Nicole, we could be friends. Because I don't like going out. Even when I was 22 years old, and all my girlfriends wanted to go out late and have fun at the bars, I'm yawning by 10 p.m. I'm a homebody. I'm a loner. If I'm a close friend of yours, this is the truth. And it's an expectation. We aren't going to be going to the bars together. We might go to dinner on occasion, but my husband's probably going to be with us. I can count on my right hand the number of times I've gone, just gone to dinner with my girlfriends in the last five years. So like maybe once a year, just with my girlfriends. Very, very rare. I'm fortunate enough that I love spending time with my husband. I also believe that's how I honor my marriage. And I have no interest in having friends who don't respect that priority. I'm happy to be friendless. I don't need any friends if they don't respect the things that I do in my life, the practices that I have put in place to maintain my marriage, which is to maintain my family, which is to maintain the health of my children's emotional stability. Like there's a very specific way I live my life to do those things. That is my number one priority. And I don't have space, room, or tolerance for any friends who don't see that and respect that. And that is probably why I don't need a lot of female friends. And I'm very, very particular about the ones that I have. They get that, they love it, they honor it, and they respect it. But I've certainly had instances and times where I had friends who they're learning those things, right? And you you feel this uncomfortable moment like when they're and like, come on, what, your husband won't let you? No, it's not about my husband won't let me. 
it's a priority for me. Of course I could if I want. I can do whatever I want. I'm a grown woman. It's what I choose to do. And if somebody who I've met is making me feel uncomfortable with that, I simply put them in a different category. That doesn't mean I'm not friends with them. It means I think of them a little differently. These are not the kind of people who, in my opinion, truly want the best for me. Because if they did, they wouldn't disrespect how committed I am to my own priorities, my own beliefs, and my own value system. Susie says, I am a confident person, but somehow my jealousy of my best friend, whom I love dearly, gets the best of me. And I got this from so many women who are brave enough to admit that they do feel a sense of competition. They do feel a love for a friend, but at the same time, a jealousy, a longing, and you know, I'm just envious of what they have. I want what they want. And there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. Number one, you need to look at your own history. What age do you feel when those feelings get stirred up? Do you feel like you're 13 again? Do you feel like you're six years old and it relates to something going on with your siblings or the way your father was with your mother? Like really think about how that feeling, what age that feeling stirs up for you, because that's going to tell you so much. And not to get like super mega deep here, but if this is a common theme for you, and I'm speaking now generally to the boatload of women who told me they struggle with this and they don't, they don't like it, they hate it, but they were honest enough to be able to share that and reveal that jealousy does undermine some of their friendships. I can't tell you how important it is for you to get into therapy because this is not about your friend. It's about something from your past that's making you feel this insecurity. Now, there are, I don't know if there's different types. of Yeah, there are different types of jealousy. So there's jealousy that's really more envy, where it's like, I want what they want. And then there's jealousy that's more about possession and control. Like I'm jealous that this person is spending more time with their new husband or their new boyfriend. Or I'm jealous that this person just complimented another one of our girlfriends. That's a possessive type of jealousy. And that too can often be related to something from our childhood or something from an earlier time in our lives where we didn't feel like we had control and we felt like we were going to lose things or we couldn't trust people. So that deep-rooted jealousy is, again, it's an insecurity when it's about possessions and when it's about envy. That's a different type of jealousy. That is a type of jealousy that is rooted in our own dissatisfaction with ourselves. It's a disbelief that we can have that too. It's our perception. It's our perception of our value. It's our self-esteem. It stems from the belief that we are somehow inferior to that person, inferior because of what they have or inferior because of the shame that we hold within us. And it's going to surface in every relationship that you have and likely every friendship. So if that's a common theme for you, can I beg of you, unless you love it, unless you love feeling that way, resolve it. You can get yourself into therapy. I'm going to say it a million times, E-M-D-R. Look for a therapist that does that specific type of therapy. It is game-changing. It's life-changing. Don't look for a therapist who knows how to do it. Look for a therapist who that is one of the core tools used in their practice. 
I believe firmly that it has saved lives. And most importantly, the reason why I recommend it to those of you who listen to The Shalene Show is because I know you guys don't want to do years and years and years of talk therapy. You're like, let's go. Let's fix this. So if you want to get to the root of the problem and fix it once and for all, look into doing some EMDR therapy and watch how your relationships improve. But please know this was the second most common concern listeners had when it came to friendships, feeling a sense of competition or jealousy. I reached out to 14 of my girlfriends and said to them, tell me about a time when you have experienced jealousy or a sense of competition amongst your girlfriends. And out of all of them, only two said they'd ever felt that or experienced it. And it was someone they hadn't been in a friendship for very long and they just did something like really strange and really undermining. And it was just like really clear that these other women were like trying to sabotage them. It was really strange. But all 14 women, every single one of them said, I've never felt personally jealous or in competition with any one of my girlfriends ever. I can't even imagine feeling that. And that says something to me. And again, this isn't scientific. I'm not an expert, but it just seems very clear to me, knowing me personally, like I would be so unattracted to a woman who even for a moment I sensed an insecurity. Like if I sense kind of a major insecurity with someone and I've got, you know, good radar, I just wouldn't develop a friendship with them. And so that is the type of women that I attract are very confident, secure women who aren't going to be intimidated by my success. They're going to cheer for my success. I'm going to cheer for their success. So it's no wonder that when I reached out to the, you know, 14, 15 women who I am the closest with, that each and every one of them said, no, I've never felt that from any of my friendships because they're probably very much like me. Or if they sense that someone is really insecure with themselves, they're not going to invest in those relationships. You know how when you're dating someone and you've gone on those first couple of dates and you think to yourself, wow, he's cute. He's nice. We have a lot in common. I, I just feel very comfortable around this person. This could be the one. And then you start to get to know each other a little better. And then you just realize, no, this ain't the one. This is definitely not the one. The same thing should be true of your friendships. And I know that's true for me. There have been plenty of people who I thought, oh, this could be a lifelong friend. What happens is they reveal who they really are. They reveal their insecurities or just things that maybe you don't have in common, things that you realize this is a friend, this is an acquaintance, but this is likely not a lifetime long friend. And this is not the kind of person who I want to invest all my time in. I'm putting them in a little different category. Now, I've done an episode about the different categories of friends, and I think a lot of you would find that incredibly helpful so that you don't have to think of every friend as being on the same level. Some are, most will not be. My dearest, closest friends, I never see them. I would say I have 15 really close girlfriends. And by really close, I mean, I trust them. I would tell them anything. I think they would be here in a heartbeat for me. I enjoy them. They're confident. They're cheering for me. They've got my back. They're incredibly loyal. I know they would do anything for me. I would do anything for them. But out of all of them, there's only two that I see on a regular basis, really only one that I see every single week, and that's Dr. Michaela, and that's because we exercise together. Frankly, if we didn't exercise together, I would see her just as infrequently as I see any of my other friends. 
I'm the kind of friend that you're not likely going to spend a lot of time with me because my number one priority is my family. And I work a lot. You guys, I don't need to tell you how busy I am because everyone is equally busy. But for me, when I have downtime, I want that to be time I can be present with my daughter, with my son, with my husband, with my extended family. If I have additional time, it's just going to be rare. I'm trying to build a business and I love spending time with my family. I do. And I can't get enough of it. And I don't have space in my life for people who don't respect that. And I think it's really important to be as upfront and as quickly as you can with your personal boundaries and expectations, because it's so easy for women to read into that. And oftentimes when I am developing a new friendship, I do my best to express my own boundaries as quickly as possible so that it's very clear upfront and there's no misinterpretation. There's no unmet expectations because they were never spoken in the same way that if two people are dating and you're a grown woman, you should let the guy that you're dating know, listen, I'm not in this just to have sex or to date around. I'm looking for a husband. Like you should express that if that's what you're looking for. And he should do the same. Like in relationships, we should be as honest and forthright as possible because we're grown adults and that's the right thing to do. And if you're doing the right thing, if your intentions are pure and kind and someone is hurt by your boundaries, I just think that's misplaced guilt. You shouldn't have any guilt over that. And someone who's hurt by that, that is a result of their own deep-rooted insecurities. We are not responsible to make other people feel whole. This is an interesting one. It's from Glow in You. She asks, how do I let my friends know that I need them to check in on me? I am just going to go on a limb here and guess that you're probably that super strong person who handles everything themselves and you check in on other people. They don't often check in on you. I'm just going to go on on a limb here and guess that that might be the case. And all I can, again, reference is my own personal experience. That's me. And it's weird. I really do not like it when people try to console me or I feel like this sympathy towards me. I don't like that at all. I don't know why. I don't know what that is. I don't like it. But it is also human nature that when I'm going through something difficult to get in that martyr state and think to myself, gosh, my closest friends haven't even checked in on me. I've got strangers on Instagram checking in on me, but my closest friends haven't. But I have to stop myself and say like, really, really, do you need that to know that they care about you? Ask yourself this, if you were to reach out to them and say, listen, I'm going through something right now and I'm struggling, how would they respond? If they would respond positively, if you know that they would be there in a moment's notice and what you're upset about is that they haven't been able to read your mind or even just pick up on perhaps really obvious cues, but yet you know that they love you and they would be there for you in a moment if you told them you needed it then are you being childish? Are you being insecure? Are you being a martyr? And I think the answer is yes. That's how I answer it for myself. If I know that I can call any one of those people who right now I'm feeling sorry for myself and going, gosh, they haven't even checked in on me to see like how I'm coping with fill in the blank. But yet I also know if I told them I needed them, they would be here in two seconds. Then I'm just allowing my insecurities to surface And I'm placing that responsibility on someone else. Question came from so many of you. 
How do I handle it when a friendship has become toxic? How do I break up? How do I end it? Do I need to end it? These kinds of questions. Here's the answer. First of all, the word toxic, I hate that word, but I get it. Like, I understand it. But think about what it means for something to be toxic. Water, if we drink too much of it, can become toxic. You can literally poison yourself from drinking too much water. So I like to think of it this way. If you're calling it a friendship, that means that there's something redeeming. And if there's not, then why are you even asking me this question? If there's no redeeming qualities to spending time with this person or investing in this person, then literally, why are you asking a stranger what you should do? Sorry, but like, really? However, if the idea is there's redeeming qualities in this person, but yet if you get too much time with them or spend too much time with them or so many years have gone by that it's no longer healthy for you, you have a couple of choices. Number one, you can drink less water. You can spend less time together. You can invest less time with them. And you can do this slowly and gradually. I personally, I know a lot of people would say, oh, you should have an open conversation about what parts of the relationship are unhealthy for you. Yeah, you can do that. Or you can just let things take their course and start looking for healthier friendships, remembering that friendships are rare. Friendships take a long time to develop. Friendships, you don't need a lot of them, not the kind that lasts a lifetime, but it's okay to let a friendship slowly run its course. Spending too much time or all your time with this person or allowing them to take over your text messages and your emotional energy, that's too much. That's not healthy for either one of you. But perhaps to lessen the speed at which you respond to their text messages, perhaps to spend less time with them, perhaps to invest less of your emotional state in what's going on in their lives might be just the right dose. And just like with any substance, you might have to play with it. You might have to see what level at which it does become healthy for you, right? So how much water can you drink before and where it actually makes you feel better and it doesn't become toxic? However, there are those friendships that really, you just need to let go. That doesn't mean you have to have a confrontation. It doesn't mean you have to sit down and explain to them why you can just let the relationship run its course. I don't know where we get these crazy preconceived notions about what female friendships are supposed to look like, but most of them are not going to last a lifetime. Most of them don't have this moment where you sit down in a coffee house and you explain that it's not you, it's me. Like, I don't think we need a formal breakup. I really don't. It's my personal opinion. I think that it is not uncommon for friendships to take a break, to take a backseat, to spend less time with people and maybe at a different stage in our lives or when they're in a better place or you're in a spot where you've got more time available or they do, like just things change and you may come back together and you may reconnect and it may be idyllic again. But I also believe that there are a lot of women out there who are hanging on to a friendship simply because, kind of like a guy that you've been dating for, you know these women who, gosh, we've been dating since we were sophomores in high school, and even though we were never good for each other, and even though it's not that great, we've invested so much time, we might as well get married. You know, we might as well stay together forever because we've been together for so long. And I just think that's such a waste of our energy. Being in a relationship, a committed relationship, a loyal relationship with a friend is a very 
special thing. I mean, it's time and nothing is more valuable than your time. You don't owe someone more time simply because you've given them so much time. That makes no sense. You are not obligated to stay committed and emotionally invested and connected to someone simply because you have years and years of history. If they're not good for you, if you're on separate paths, if you don't enjoy everything about them or most things about them, then put them in a different category and slowly allow that distance to set in. And you know what? They might not be happy about this, but it's your freaking life. Listen to me. This is your life. You shouldn't be in any relationship where you don't enjoy the other person. Gosh, it's almost, I don't know how to say this. I am so blessed by the friendships that I have. And I think partly because I have so few. And I don't go wide, I go deep. I couldn't enjoy every single moment of the time I spend with Michaela or Monica or Mindy or my sister or Jen or Janelle. Brooke, I couldn't go that deep. There's so many people I don't want to forget. Any of my girlfriends, you know who you are. If you're on my list, you know who you are because we text all the time. But I couldn't have that deep, so connected sense of humor and pure joy when we are together if I didn't have the emotional space and the time to be able to go deep. And in order to have the kind of friendship that is that deep where you have an emotional intimacy, that takes a lot of time, a lot of trust, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. So what? If it doesn't work out, that's no different from the guys or the women that you've dated and it didn't work out. Not every single relationship was meant to work out. And that doesn't mean that people are against you or that all women are like this or all men are like this or all relationships are like this. It doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. That's how relationships work. Lastly, and this is really common, how do I handle it if I feel like I'm doing all the giving and my friends don't care about me as much as I care about them? And we talked a little bit about this on Monday, and I want to end with this today. The biggest mistake that we can make in any relationship is to assume, to assume that people understand what it is we need and why it is we need those things, to assume that people know what we're thinking because they don't. People have completely different ideas about what it is you need and what it is you want. And often this is based upon how you're presenting yourself. If you're expecting other people to read your mind, that's just, in my opinion, it's being selfish and childlike. If you need something, tell your friends you need that. Don't test them. That's not something we do with people we love. Don't test your spouse. Don't test your significant other. And don't test your friends. That's not communication. That's passive, aggressive, childlike behavior. If you need someone, tell them why. And also give them the space to recognize that they might not be able to drop everything in their lives to attend to whatever it is you're going through at that moment. But that doesn't mean that they don't love you any less. It means they have a life too. And that's something friends have to accept. We have to accept that we each have our own lives. We each have our own likes and dislikes and deep-seated wounds. We all have our own past. We all have our own parent traumas. We all have our own 
strained relationships between brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and family members and, you know, our own childhood friendship wounds, like from that time in fourth grade where you didn't get invited to the party and all of these things resurface in our adult relationships. And the best that we can do is to communicate and to understand the most rewarding friendships happen when we're willing to go through some tough times. All right. I'm super excited to be able to do that whole episode on making friends as an adult. There are lots of tips, lots of suggestions. It's going to be worth the wait. Make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode of The Shaleen Show. And P.S., if I ever read one of your reviews or if you hear your review here on the show, always check our show notes because that means we have a special gift for you. It's my way of saying thank you. Your way of saying thank you is when you guys support the show sponsors and also when you write a review for the show. That's just huge. Please, please know that. I really do appreciate that. I love you guys. I love you. I love hearing the feedback about the show. I love when you tell me specifically like what phrase or what quote or what tip or what idea like really like shifted the way you think about things. You don't even understand. Like that makes my whole world. Anyways, we will talk again on Friday. Until then. I love you. I mean it.